The Leafs with a massive blowout win over the San Jose Sharks from pillar to post, a full 60-minute effort, and Toronto keeps the winning streak alive. We'll recap the game tonight, and then we'll also talk a little bit about this Cutter Goche situation going on out in Philadelphia. So we'll get to all that and more on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with a winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. I, I'm just going to say it. From now on, if you are going to try and log into FanDuel and if you're going to you know, be a new subscriber or a new FanDuel participant, do yourself a favor and just fade the Sharks. That's your way to get that 150 bucks. Just fade the Sharks because, man, Dave, does that team ever stink, dude. Like, the Leafs just absolutely blew the doors off them from start to finish. It didn't even look like they played in the same league, man. Uh, well, considering the Sharks have allowed 10, 10 goals and a couple of times this year. Yeah. I bet that they're pretty crappy. But, like, there's one thing to be, you know, a bad team. Like, Chicago was bad last year. Like, we've seen teams that are bad. This seems like a team that just, like, you could tell. There's a bunch of guys that do not belong in the NHL. Like that, this is just, it's, it's, it's sad. Like I couldn't imagine being a San Jose Sharks player and having to show up to the rink every single day. They've lost 12 games in a row now in regulation. Like they're not even keeping games relatively close either. Like this team throughout this 12 game losing streak, they've scored two or less goals in 10 of those games. Like they're just not mustering up any amount of offense. Again, this is back-to-back games now where Martin Jones limited the San Jose Sharks to just one goal. And, you know, they outscored them, what, 11-2, to I guess, over this quick home-and-home. Like they just absolutely crushed them back-to-back games here. Funny enough, the last win the Sharks have had was a 2-1 win over the Winnipeg Jets. Who happen to be one of the best teams in the NHL right now? Yeah, really weird. Really weird. Well, if you look at like San Jose's schedule this year, like they lost their first 10 games of the season. Yeah. And then they went on this weird stretch where they started winning some hockey games. I think they were like nine, like two and four or something like that. They went on a stretch where they actually looked half decent and then followed that up with this 12 game loss. So it's like there was a little pocket of about three weeks where they're playing some good hockey. And in between, you know, bookending that three weeks of good hockey has been awfulness. And and it was on full display tonight. I mean, sure, you got to tip your hat to, to the 
Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, I think it'd be unfair for us to come out here. Whenever they lose to games like this, we eviscerate them. So we can't necessarily say, well, you, you know, not give them their flowers for actually showing up. You know, a game that could be classified as a trap game. They're coming back off of the California road trip. And, you know, teams that go west, travel back east, sometimes that first game is a little difficult. Becomes easier when the San Jose team is coming up. All, you know, with you, I suppose, from the West Coast, but um, I, I, you still got to give Toronto their flowers and their credit because, yeah, although San Jose is terrible, Toronto they took advantage and they put their their you know pedal to the metal for the full game. They were hard on pucks. They were they went hard to the net. Uh, they shot everything at this goaltender. They were fighting in you know in front of the net to try and get screens, try and get tips. However way they could try and muster up offense and chances, Toronto was doing that, and and they didn't give up a whole lot either defensively in their own end. San Jose didn't get a, really much of anything. If you look at the heat map, it's pretty barren right out in front of Martin Jones. There was a couple of nice saves that he had to make, yep. but realistically, another solid performance defensively, offensively, and even like the power play was three for three tonight. Like this was just a a pillar to post sixty minute performance by the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's it's great to see. It's the 2024 is all about the Leafs just shattering any of the stereotypes that have been placed on them. One of them obviously being unable to beat the teams that they should beat, especially at home. Like I totally forgot that their home record has actually not been very good. 10, yeah, They've been so good on, on the road and like the, there's been so much criticism about how much, how they've played at home, especially against these poor teams. So, yeah, we needed to see the, the Leafs do this against San Jose, right? As you mentioned, there could have been a lot of things that could have gone against the Leafs in this game. As you said, coming back home, although San Jose was also joining them across the way. So both teams had the same amount of travel, which very interesting. But kudos to the NHL for figuring that out, actually. So, yeah, I think uh, it, it, it was the first time I heard this on the radio broadcast on my way home from work. I had to listen to the the, the first period on the radio uh, coming back from the TSM building. But uh, I, I heard the Bonesy and, and Ralphie talking about how it's the first time since 2003 that the Maple Leafs have had like a, a back-to-back home-and-home series against a Western Conference opponent. So it's been a long time since 20 years since this has been uh, this has been the case. But, you know, uh, you know, they they came out victorious in both of the games. They did. And again, you t- I, I know people are going to say, oh, they beat a team that they should beat. You still got to go out and beat those teams. That's right. <laughs> right. And so and they did it in a way where it wasn't just the top guys getting involved. A lot of players were kind of pitching in on this one. Right. You see, you know, Nick Robertson score in his return to the lineup. Jake McCabe. Yeah, nice little rip from McCabe. How about that uh, Pontus Holmberg little one-hander? Just a little flip up above the glove. You saw Mitch Marner's reaction to that goal. I mean, it's his favorite player, apparently. Ponte Holmberg, the, the you know, Mitch Marner's favorite player. Um, <laughs> but, like, that just goes to show kind of how bad the San Jose Sharks are. Like, Pontus Holmberg is putting his shoulder down and asserting his dominance on the on you know these defensemen and taking it hard to the net and getting a one-handed little flip up over the goaltender. Like when that's happening, 
you know that you have overpowered and overmatched this team. And this is a player that isn't even a, a staple in this in this lineup. I no. mean, he, he might be trending towards that. I'll say this. I, I really liked his game since he's come back up in the Marlies. Maybe he is somebody who will, you know, get more of a look going forward as, as a bottom six player for Toronto, uh, especially if he can do things like that. Like, I didn't know that he had that in him. Um, but still, when that is happening, it's like, all right, everything's going well for Toronto right now. They they got the bounces and, and whatnot that helped them as well. Like even Marner's first goal, like that that deflection, I mean, how many times is that going to go into the back of the net for you? Not a whole lot, right? But, hey, when, when the bounces are going your way, they're, they're going your way, and you saw that happen um, tonight uh, against the San Jose Sharks. But, you know, they worked for a lot of their goals too, you know, and, and, and um, I thought that the, the, the Leafs, very clearly deserved to win this game. They did uh, from top to bottom. I thought everybody had a pretty solid game uh, overall. And on to the next one, you know, the, the last three games have been against, you know, lackluster opponents, the Anaheim Ducks, and then this back-to-back against San Jose. You know, moving forward, you got a couple of tougher opponents, right? You got to go to the Island uh, on Thursday, and then I believe it's Thursday. And then uh, you end up, you got a back-to-back this weekend. You've got the Avalanche coming to town, and then you've got the Detroit Red Wings. So, you know, it gets a little bit more difficult. Let's see if they can continue to play this way, where they're buying in defensively, where they're playing a 200-foot game. Everybody, all 20 skaters on that roster, um, or 18 skaters, I suppose, on that roster, uh, can they do it against a good team like, the Islanders are an even better team, one of the best teams in the world in the Colorado Avalanche. I will be curious to see that because, again, we, we can get all excited and giddy about you know how well they looked tonight, but we do also need to kind of put a bit of an asterisk on it just because of how bad San Jose is. We'll reserve judgment. Hopefully they can continue this when they're playing a good team. Uh, similar to the way they did against, you know, the Kings and, and we celebrated them for that game. And that was, you know, one of the most impressive victories we've seen this year. I will be curious to see if they can move it, uh, move it forward. Um, do you want a final comment? I suppose on, on tonight's game, anything else that really stuck out to you before we get to our three stars? Um, no, not, nothing like particular. No, you I think we brought everything, especially like Martin Jones. Um, Simon Benoit, I think uh, another solid night for him, considering he took that. I don't know, like I wouldn't even say it was a high stick. He just got like clocked in the face. Yeah, yeah. So what yeah. Is he t- came yes. back. Put the- just, yeah, it comes back with like the the. What, I don't. I keep remember forgetting what they call those. I, I don't know. know. The I mean, just for lack of the little nose blockers, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know, nostril blockers. Yeah, and Maybe. then he's. This decides to lay a huge hit. Not long oh, yes. Yes, he did. That was a nice big hit. And look, man, like Simon Benoit has been like a real revelation for this team. And and I, I don't know, like if they do go out and they end up getting a couple of defensemen at the deadline, like has been speculated for a while, um, if, if he still becomes a, a nightly staple on this team. But I could tell you what maybe maybe is happening is now, you know, it's not as necessary to get a second defenseman because maybe Benoit can be that that guy. You know what I mean? Like now you go out, you get a top four dude, and you get someone to to play in, in the top four. They're on that first or second pair. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, Benoit can be that 
guy with size who can impose his will and in the come playoff time can play that physical style game. Right. So I, I, I'd be curious to see what ends up happening here. And if Benoit can continue to assert himself um, as, as a, you know, an everyday NHL blue liner. Cause I think he certainly to this point looks, looks the part looks like he is to me. I think he leads the entire Leafs blue line and expected goals uh, against like in a, a good way, like has the least amount of expected goals against while on the ice at five on five, like, it's an impressive stat, man. That's a stat that TJ Brody typically has always led in. And you got Simone Benoit doing it. And he's playing a shutdown role with Jake McCabe. Like that, they're getting hard, heavy minutes. Uh tonight, obviously, playing against the, the Sharks. It's not as difficult. But again, we'll see what happens later on this week when he's got to play the Islanders, when he's got to play against uh, you know, a pretty deep quality team in the Colorado Avalanche. So there'll, there'll certainly be more to extrapolate from those games in a game like tonight. That being said, let's take a break. Let's come back. Let's get to the three stars of the game for the Maple Leafs tonight. Then there's this really weird situation that went down the other night in Philadelphia with them making a, a trade for uh, the trade away, their top prospect. And it kind of raised a lot of eyebrows, mine included. We'll talk about why it was such a controversial situation a little bit later in the show as well. But before we get into all that, uh, let's take a quick break and tell you about one of our show sponsors. Uh, But you're listening to the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. You got your live same-game parlays. You can find new bets in the new Explore tab. You can also make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find the popular parlays of the day. So many more opportunities as well. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel the official partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. This is Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We are a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast. If you're an everydayer, you already know this, but if you're new to the show, you're just kind of stumbling upon us, uh, yeah, we got new content coming out each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. You can find the audio form of this podcast, so you can listen to it on the go, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, and you can also find us and stream us live. Uh, we're not live, I suppose, but you can find us on YouTube. Uh, just hit Locked On Leaf, search it up on YouTube, find us, hit subscribe, and uh, even hit the little notification bell so that you know exactly when that new content is going to be dropped each and every morning. Uh, all right, Dave, we're going to continue reacting to the Leafs 7-1 decimation over the San Jose Sharks. And as we like to do after every single victory, we go through our three stars of the game. So why don't you kick things off, Dave? Give me your third star from tonight's victory. Uh, I'm going to go with Jake McCabe. You know, goal, two assists. Beauty goal, too. Like, great play by Marner. Yeah, just kind of snuck down there, and he was like, hey, get her over here. I'll rip her into the back of the net. Yeah, but three points on the night, like, that, like that's a nice, I guess, must be a nice feeling for him, considering not really known for putting up the offense. He does try. You know but... what? I'm going to double-check this, but, like, I think people will be surprised to see the offense that Jake McCabe has actually put up this year. 
Um, there was a time where he was riding like a five or six game point yeah, streak, was. I believe. A huge point streak. Yeah, if if you include tonight's game where he had three points, uh, he's up to 17 points on the season through 33 games. So um, basically like a point every other game he's getting. Not bad for a, a defensive defenseman. Yeah, exactly. So, and like he was doing, he's doing all those things, you know, defensively as well. Cause we remember like the start of the year, it wasn't exactly going well for him. Then he had that injury that took him out for a while. Yeah. And like ever since he's come back from that, it was the groin injury. He's looked every bit the part, you know, he's been steady on that second pairing. And it's still, I think, one of the more like one of those trades that were made last year that has really worked out because he's still here, right? Like it wasn't a deal just for one year. They actually were able to get more out of that deal because McCabe is still around. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're totally right. I mean, when you look at how Jake McCabe has been able to kind of flip the script on his season where, yeah, at the beginning of the year, it, it wasn't going well for him. He was a liability. Uh, and I do remember us questioning whether it was McCabe or whether it was John Klingberg because they were playing together at the start of the year, if you recall. Um, and I mean, based on how the season has, has played out, like sure, it could have been McCabe's injury that was holding him back a little bit. But also I think like just didn't seem comfortable or confident playing with Klingberg uh, like he's now playing with a, a defensively responsible player like Simone Benoit. It seems like those two are, you know, forming quite the the formidable pair, good formidable duo, which you you really like to see if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, yeah, I think that's uh, it's, it's a solid one, and it's nice to, you know, somebody who doesn't necessarily show up in our three stars a lot, give them a little bit of love uh, tonight. So good game out of Jake McCabe. Uh, for sure, and, and Simone Benoit. I'm giving it to the power play. I, I mean, dude, three for three. What more do you want out of that out of that unit? And you know, they had a little bit of a new look to it. I don't know if you noticed, but like you got Nylander up at the top of the umbrella. You had Marner in the bumper position. It worked out pretty well. Like a couple of times, it it, it really worked out with those guys. Um, Nylander had a couple of no look passes on those ones. And obviously the tic-tac-toe on the Matthews bomb, which was an unbelievable goal. Uh, it, it really actually looked good. And I like it because the power play had not been struggling, but it wasn't as efficient, not as dominant as it was earlier in the year. And I don't know if it was getting stale or what the situation was, but they changed it up tonight. And again, you're playing the San Jose shark. So, what can you really take of it? I don't know. But, man, did they ever look lethal and dangerous tonight being able to, to zip that puck around the way that they wanted to on the power play? Yeah, it was a confident power play, right? And, I mean, San Jose is not exactly a stout defensive team. But at the same time, like, the goals that were scored, as you mentioned, like, the Matthews goal was like, – oh. <laughs> like, the, There's, like, three three guys on this planet that can score yeah. that goal. Like, exactly, and and uh, you know the Robertson. It was nice. I, I it, it was funny that when the Leafs got that late four minute power play, and then the first unit goes out, it's like, you know, I could have not gotten the second unit out just to give them a chance to get some time, and yeah, they still got some time at the end there, and they got a they got a goal out of it. But like, um, that, that's a game there where against the San Jose Sharks where. You can try those different things on the power play. 
<laughs> you can experiment. Is a- like how like I don't want to say it's disrespectful, but it's almost as if they're treating the the sharks like practice players. Like these are practice pylons. They're not going to be able to do anything, and we could do whatever we want. Let's experiment a new power play. Basically, just run our power play drill in a game because these guys can't stop us anyway. It's it's almost as if that's like what happened tonight out there uh, when they were on the man advantage because it was just it was just Toronto through and through. Really was, really was. Yeah. All right. Uh, second star tonight. Gonna give it to William Nylander. He got the ball rolling with the with the the play on the rally goal. Like you know, you're having a good season when two def- two guys decide to chase you when you have the puck. It's almost like come here, guys, come over here, and then Riley goes down. Like this is a great, great play and great setup, and like a quiet three point performance from Willie and Nylander too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Willie's now with that. I think he's sole possession of fourth in the NHL in scoring. Uh, I think with that game, yeah, he pulled ahead of uh, – well, actually, sorry, he's tied now with Artemi Panarin. So he and Panarin are tied for third in league scoring with 57 points. So, I mean, dude, it's – Willie, Willie, he, he signed his deal, and we were curious, hey, now that he's got his money, like what's that going to do? Hopefully – you know, he doesn't pull a Huberdo here and completely fall off a cliff. Nah, he just goes out and he decides to put up a, a nice little three-point night uh, to celebrate. Would have been nice if he scored a goal. Would have been good for the narrative and would have been good, too, for my my covers parlay. I think I had a Willie goal in there for the narrative play. But uh, either way, a three-point night for Will. Definitely good to see. Um, I gave mine to Marty Jones. Martin Jones I gave as a second star. I thought just because he's been an absolute rock back there for four games now. He's given up, uh, I think it's five goals through the last five games. Like, it's pretty incredible uh, what Martin Jones has been able to do here since taking over the net for Elias Samsonov as he's gone through his struggles. And obviously, we know what's going on with Joseph Wall's injury. But ultimately, he's good for a couple of big stops each night. And even tonight, like that. I know he got they got one past him, but that Henry Thrun guy who did score, uh, you know, the first goal had one really good chance there late in the third period, maybe midway through the third period, where they had an opportunity to put a second one into the back of the net, and he absolutely denied him with the pad, said no, 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 sir, and uh, he's been, you know, he's been terrific, dude. Like you would have nine fifty seven save percentage tonight. Guy's got like a 950 save percentage on the season at this point. He's been unbelievable. And uh, although it's it's not as though he's been under siege every single game here over the course of this, uh, you know, this this four game winning streak, but he's stopping the ones that he needs to. And that's what the big problem was when Sam Snob was in the net. He wasn't stopping those easy saves. Uh, Martin Jones is. And, and I think, you know, <laughs> at, at some point he needs to be applauded for it. So. We're going to give him the second star on another really good night. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I tweeted out. I said, at what point do you call Martin Jones and be like, what's it going to take to bring you back? Because that's a position when we looked through our position board yesterday. Backup goaltenders, 
Yeah, it's it's available. It's it's that's a right. It's the only goalie who's under contract right now. It's technically Hill to be would also be under contract, but like right now, it's pretty much Joseph Wall is the only NHL goaltender under contract right now going into next year. I want to ask you a question because we we talked about this briefly on Overdrive earlier today. If you had to handicap the chances of Wall getting the game one start or Martin Jones getting the game one start right now. Who do you think gets the nod? Like, what's your percentage on who starts in game one? I'm like a, I'm like eighty percent Joseph Wall. Like, if he comes back, I actually put probably put ninety. If he comes back and he's back to the form that he was in, there's he should be the game one starter. The only reason why I could say Martin Jones is if Joseph Wall has it looks shaky down the end there here. Yeah, he could have some good games, but. I was worried about this injury deflating the momentum that Joseph Wool had, but he was also just lights out before he got hurt. So yeah. I, I do think it's him. And you know what? I at least from what I'm seeing, I'm comfortable enough to say if something goes wrong with Joseph Wool, you got Martin Jones, and this is not a guy who's never been there before. He took a team to a Stanley Cup final. Yeah, sure. These San Jose, well, not these San Jose Sharks, not but these San Jose Sharks, the ones that were actually good. Yeah, <laughs> a much better version of these San Jose Sharks. Once upon a time, uh, yeah, I, it's interesting because I think both both O and Hayes were leaning towards Martin Jones being the the game one starter, which I thought was interesting. Like I I, I was with you actually. I I think I don't know if I'm eighty ninety percent, but I'm definitely more of a you know, 55, maybe 60% for wall and, and 45, 40% Jones. But uh, I, I, what's it, what's interesting is that he's made it a conversation and that's just a testament to how good that he's played. We're here in the city of Toronto. There seems to be a level of um, comfort when Martin Jones is in net, and there's not, there hasn't been a lot of goaltenders over the course of the years that uh, that has given you comfort in goal the way that Jones has done over the course of this last, you know, stretch here since he's taken over. Granted, the team in front of him playing excellent, playing great in front of him. Playing as well, right? Like two against San Jose, one against Anaheim. Let's yeah. see how it against maybe, you know, the call- Carolina, like when, when they played Carolina, like he was, he was pretty solid. He gave them a chance to win against the, the Hurricanes as well, right? And, and he shut out the LA Kings. So he's played and you know, had good performances against good teams too. Right. right? So, uh, yeah, well, something to kind of monitor, I guess, uh, going forward, w- what they potentially do with the goaltending position. Uh, all right, really quickly for first star of the game. Uh, for me, I, I, I'm, I'm cheating as I always do. As you'll notice, I did not have Willie. I did not have my Marner. I did not have, uh, Matthews or Riley or anyone, on uh my list so far so i just went with the big three the big three the core all of them combined for eight points tonight uh that's marner matthews and william nylander marner a four point night two goals two assists matthews had that unbelievable goal and then obviously we spoke on willie with a nice little uh quiet three point night i thought they all controlled play pretty much the entire game start to finish. And, you know, when, when, when those guys are playing at the top of their game, 
they are some of the best players in the league, right? Like in the world, and they could dominate in the fashion that they did tonight. So, uh, yeah, I, I just want I couldn't pick, I couldn't decide. So I was like, I was going to give the big three uh, the first star tonight. Yeah, I gave it to Marner, but I get your point too. I think it wasn't just one guy that kind of stood out the most. I think there was a bunch of guys, but Marner, mm-hmm. you know. Just the the way he was scoring to his goals, getting into the dirty areas, getting to the front of the net, right, and then showing off the playmaking ability. Like we saw more of the everything Marner can do, rather than just the one side of Mitch Marner tonight. So yeah, I, I did think that he's you know he had. I mean, obviously when you lead the the game in points, you deserve the first star. So pretty good night for Mitch. It's so funny. Like I don't want to rehash this conversation that we had yesterday about Nylander versus Marner. But, you know, so many people looking at Mitch Marner and saying, yeah, he's not having a good season. He's been quiet, this, that, and the other. And I agree. Like, he has not been as good as he has in the last couple of years. He's definitely taken a bit of a step back. I believe that this is more in an anomaly season than it is his career going, you know, in the wrong direction. Personally, um, people can have whatever, you know, viewpoint of that as they want. However, even though we're saying this, if you go and you actually look at what's going on with Mitch Marner this year, the guy still has 47 points in like 35 games. Like he's still just absolutely crushing it far past a point per game. And he's having a down season. That's how good this guy actually is. Like he he's 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 almost at 50 points. We're not even halfway through the year, and he's having a down year. By his standards that's how good he actually is and the expectations on this guy i just want to throw that out there yeah i mean but at the same time we should be expecting that because of the contract he's getting paid oh i agree no we're we're in full agreement there 100 we are in full agreement there buddy um just i think people sometimes uh sometimes forget how good marner actually oh, yeah. is like we're talking about uh perennial 90 to 100 point guy who's in the selkie conversation every every year it seems now for the last uh, handful of seasons so still a pretty good player if you ask me all right we'll take a break let's come back and talk about a, a, another guy who i think is going to be a pretty good player in the future and that's cutter gochier but it won't be for the flyers it's going to have to be for the anaheim ducks and we'll tell you why that is a controversial situation on the other side uh, you're listening to the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of life, but we can we just take a minute and talk about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. And the last thing you want is to be unprepared to take care of yourself or loved one if you fall ill. That's why Jace Medical gives you peace of mind right before you even decide to go on a plane or whatever trip you go on this year. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared for than today. Go to jacemedical.com 
and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order at jacemedical.com. Welcome back into the Locked On At Least podcast. It's Mike DiStefano alongside my co-host, Dave Morissuti. And just a reminder, we are a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. we got new episodes coming out each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. You can find us uh, wherever you download your audio pods at, also up on YouTube as well. Uh, really quickly, to put a little bow on the Mitch Marner and, and you know the night that he had tonight, totally forgot to mention this. But he surpassed Frank Mahovlich today for seventh most points in franchise history. Uh, He's got 598 career points with the Maple Leafs, uh, and that now has him seventh all time. So guy is just continuing to climb the ranks and rewrite record books. The three of these guys together. I mean, if, if I have every... I believe that Marner will end up re-signing here as well, and they're going to continue down this path and you know double down on this core four here. And and I think that the three of them, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, they're all going to rewrite these record books here. And and you know, hopefully it comes with some team success. But individually, we're in uh, we're in a uh, quite the era when it comes to uh, you know individual talent on this Maple Leaf squad. Uh, all right, really quickly, let's talk about this Cutter Gauthier situation uh, who will not be rewriting any record books in Philadelphia. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with what's going on, um, Dave, do you want to kind of break down exactly what happened yesterday and what the fallout has been since? Yeah, so essentially, I mean, like many people, the Flyers traded uh Gauthier, who was their fifth overall pick in the 2022 NHL draft. And essentially what happened was he was picked before the new regime came in. So Keith Jones, Daniel Briere, before they officially took over. I think Briere was still in the... He was there, yeah, as like an AGM. He was the AGM, but he wasn't the GM. Ever since he was drafted, the the relationship, for some reason, kind of took a turn for the worse. And it was near the end of the season. They're having a hard time really getting in touch with Gautier. They tried again at the World Juniors to get in touch with the guy because they're going to look to sign. We're looking to sign him because, you know, he's a top prospect. Good player, man. Like a real good player. And they just weren't able to get in touch with him. And it came to the point where they're like, basically, he didn't want to be in Philadelphia anymore. And so they called teams. Credit the Philadelphia Flyers for somehow keeping this quiet and not losing any leverage. Mm-hmm. And the Ducks were like, "Oh, he's available. Okay, we'll offer Jamie Drysdale." And it was like one of those trades where you kind of like your your head kind of snaps back. Like, it, oh, it was. Yeah. I don't know if it's because it was a flyer forward for a defenseman, but it kind of like reminded me. I know they're not the same player. But it kind of reminded me of like Luke Shen for Van Riemsdyk. Yeah. Where it's like two young prospects and it kind of catches you off guard that these two were were swapped for each other. Now, yes. I know they were a little bit later in their careers. Like Gauthier is still in college. Like he's not even playing for this team yet. He's not even signed. Hasn't taken a, a, a one single shift for the Philadelphia Flyers. And he decided, I don't want to play here. And apparently he had made that very well known to management 
that he was uninterested in playing. They thought maybe he would change his mind. Clearly it didn't happen. And yeah, it's your, what you were talking about. I guess they tried to get a hold of him during the World Championships juniors. And uh, he was just ghosting them, like just didn't respond. They, they couldn't get a hold of him. He wasn't picking up his phone, uh, which I think is just bizarre. So they eventually decided, all right, screw it. This kid doesn't want to be here. Then let's move on from him. And that's exactly what John Tortorella said yesterday as well. Came out afterwards and uh, after the trade was done and oh, Torsi has got some comments. Uh, you know, he, he clearly didn't care a whole lot about Cutter. Gauthier and, and his thoughts on the Flyers organization. Something about, I don't know, Cutter from a hole in the wall is, uh, I believe, the direct quote that he used in regards to uh, to, to Gauthier. But anyways, I, what I find bizarre, though, about this whole situation, like, yeah, I don't think that Cutter Gauthier definitely didn't do the right thing here. Like, what he did was a little immature by just completely ghosting the flyers like they spent a fifth overall pick on you and and you told them to their face you're excited to be a flyer and then eventually you said ah maybe not move me and instead of you know taking the phone calls and meeting with the you know management to see if they could try and persuade you and change your mind you just decided i'm just not going to talk to them at all actually and they could deal with it they could do whatever they want and ultimately it, that that's what happened and, and they said all right then we're going to trade you and what I thought was weird, though, was how the Philadelphia Flyers like went into a full court press PR spin on this, like right away. Like they had the GM come out and talk. They had the president Keith Jones come out and talk. They had the CEO come out, like a guy who, like, I don't even think he's managed. Like, he doesn't have any hockey operations. I don't believe the CEO and for Philly, whichever, you know, whoever owns the, the flyers and he's coming out talking about it. And then after the game, you've got, you know, uh, towards talking about it. It's just like, just seemed really bizarre how they had to come out and let it be known what exactly happened and why they were upset by the whole situation and basically throw cutter under the bus, a young 19 year old kid uh, along with making this trade as the reasoning for making this trade. I, I thought it was kind of a bizarre situation on both, both parties. Yeah. And I, I Pierre Lebrun uh, got in touch with the agent who was very much non committal on discuss. Like he didn't want to give anything away, but basically mm -hmm. kind of said it was like a private family reason. Yeah. Private reason why Gautier just want, didn't want to be in Philadelphia because they're lifelong Pittsburgh Penguins fans. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if that's actually the reason, but I don't. Did you see the video? Did you see the video? Uh, I did see the video. So for those who didn't, uh, when Cutter Gauthier, I guess, like where they were doing these, you know, who's your favorite team growing up, favorite players, yada, yada. They were doing just some fun videos with Team USA. And Cutter Gauthier goes, oh, I you know, grew up a, a Penguins fan. I love Pittsburgh. I don't know how that's going to fly with you know me being in Philadelphia now. And, uh, well, I don't know if that was the reason or not for him wanting to leave. But if it was a family reason, maybe they're just diehard Penguins fans. And he couldn't go against the, the family crest. I don't know. It's but like you wait a whole you wait a whole year. I mean, here's the thing. Well, like no, here. So here, like, apparently, like, two months after the draft, he told them. I'm actually not interested. 
So like it wasn't just recently. Apparently it's been known to Philly for a while that he's not interested. And Danny Breer said we were hoping we could change his mind, but he's then we tried to meet with him again at the World Championships because I or at the World Juniors because I believe they in, intended on you know when his college season is done. He's at Boston College right now. When it's done, they're going to try and bring him out of college and, and sign him and start his pro career and you know start that conversation um uh, at the world juniors right well they're already there they're watching other prospects they're watching you know a bunch of different things and ultimately he said i'm not even interested in talking to you so i think that's when he you know the the flyers decided to pick up the phone and try and get a deal done as quick as possible so that this didn't get out and become public knowledge so that you know he still had value and leverage and ultimately i did it pretty good like jamie drysdale is a good Young, right shot defenseman. He's also a former top 10 pick. I think he was, what, seventh overall uh, the year before? Sixth overall the, the year before, maybe two years prior. Um, you know, he's had some injury history, obviously, which I think is what's, you know, a, that hasn't allowed him to take that next step into the NHL. He, he just hasn't played enough, I don't think. But you take a guy who's got great wheels. He's got the mind uh, offensively to – you know, play a solid game. You put him in towards his system. Maybe he he hammers home. Hey, you've got to actually play both sides of the puck here, kid. If he's got those natural skating skills and offensive ability, if Torts can hammer the defensive side of the game in there, I mean, they're getting themselves what could potentially be a top pair defenseman in Jamie Drysdale. I, I think they did pretty well, all things yeah. considered. Oh, I, I I thought the Flyers handled this masterfully, and they had a second round pick on top of it. Yeah. Like they 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 did a great job considering the situation, right? Because and like Keith Jones, what a masterclass in like his interview and Paisley saying, yeah, it was a good thing that like teams we were talking to kind of kept it on the down low because you know they and and look those teams could have been like you know what we're not giving you that because this guy doesn't want to be with you anyways. Sure, but he would ended up somewhere. So if you really wanted yeah. that player. Oh, yeah. You're still gonna have to pay for it. Exactly. Like the Ultimately. Flyers, the Flyers know what they're doing too, right? They're like they're they don't want they're not gonna put themselves in a position where they're gonna lose all the leverage on a player like that. Especially right? after the World Juniors, where his I mean, I think Keith Jones even said it, his stock was sky high after winning gold. He had what 12 points in, in the in the tournament. Like he was a big factor for the Americans in that gold medal win. So his stock's at a st- at a sky high. Good time to make that trade, and uh, ultimately they they get it done. So, Cargo Day, Anaheim Duck, Jamie Drysdale, now a, a Philadelphia Flyer. Go ahead. Apparently, there was a rumor that the Flyers, when they were trying to get this deal done in the draft, apparently it was like I made known the draft last year that he he was kind of available. They went to Montreal. To see if they could get the fifth round, fifth overall pick, y'all mm. for Gautier, because they wanted to get the fifth pick, and then also I guess then they'd be like, "We'll get Mitchkov at seventh, and Montreal passed. Interesting. So they decided to go with David Reinbucker instead of Cutter Gautier. Well, thank um, you, uh, thank you, Ken Hughes, for that one. Uh, I think I think it, if you're a Leafs fan, you're happy to know that the Habs did not get. Gautier. 
Yeah. I mean, he's probably going to be a pain in the ass to play against for, for many years, but Ryan Bacher could turn out to be, you know, a stud defenseman too. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how that one plays out. Um, but yeah, like that's kind of the first, uh, the first trade of significance of the season, I suppose. And uh, hopefully we get a little bit more of that going forward. Some more stuff to react to. Cause it's always a lot of fun, man. It's a lot of fun reacting to trades. This one obviously had, many more layers to it like an onion yeah. uh just because of the whole situation involved and then how philadelphia kind of dealt with getting the information out there that uh, throwing goche under the bus being like hey this is what he's doing this is what he's done this is nonsense and uh, it's just a weird way to go about it i will say that but ultimately Hey man, I hope everyone everyone's happy at the end of the day. Like hopefully Cutter Goche goes on to have a good career at Anaheim. Hopefully the Flyers work things out here. Jamie Drysdale stays healthy, becomes uh, at at least a top four defenseman for them going forward, and maybe they can get something out of that second round pick. Or probably be a high second round pick. Like I, I believe is it Anaheim's pick there? Because if so, that'll probably be a top forty pick, right? If if that is in this year's draft, so. You know, I think that uh, both parties should be rather happy, all things considered. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll see how these two players do. I can tell you one thing, though. Cutter Goche's first game in Philly. Watch out, pal. Watch out. You will be enemy number one. Yeah, I don't know if he realizes what it's like to go to Philly when you're, like, when you basically say, I don't want to be in Philly. Oh, yeah. he, he knows what he's in for. I will say this, though. It is funny to see Flyers fans crying over this whole ordeal. But also, like, didn't care when they got Eric Lindros over basically a very similar situation. <laughs> like, he didn't want to play for the organization that drafted him, and he forced his way out of there and ended up in Philly. Carter Gochi is kind of doing the same thing. It's like, uh, it's, it's not as funny when the shoe's on the other foot here, is it now, Philadelphia? That part I do find kind of comical, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but hey, just like, you know, Philly and, and, and the Nordiques, later the Colorado Avalanche, that deal worked out good for both teams. Like, Lindros was great, you know, as a flyer. Forsberg plus turned out to be terrific players for that avalanche franchise and the Nordique franchise. So it worked out well. So maybe Cutter Gochi and Jamie Drysdale uh, can also turn out to be positive, uh, you know, positive stories 10, 15 years from now for both sides. All right, buddy. Uh, any final thoughts that you want to get out there? Anything else kind of percolating around the NHL you want to quickly touch on or anything in life? What's up, Bob? What do you want to talk about? No, I mean, the Oilers almost they narrowly defeated the blackhawks the bedardless blackhawks two to one mm. eight wins mm. in a row though for the oilers yeah kachuk actually got a hattie as well here panthers yeah. they've won eight in a row so although the maple leafs like they're they're winning games they're not really making up any ground because you know florida and and boston keep winning games too boston currently down as we're recording right now in the third period to Arizona, but dude, Florida, they're they're a wagon, man. They're NHL turning into a wagon 14, again. NHL best fourteen wins on the road for Florida. 
Yeah, it's and and that's all without Matthew Kachuk actually being good. The, Got a hatty tonight. Yeah, it's a bit of a problem now that Matthew Kachuk is actually starting to get things going for Florida. Yeah, this guy heats up. Look out! If Bob's is going to be playing uh, playing like that, mm-hmm. look out! Uh, yeah, you could see, dude. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Would not be shocked if we end up seeing a Stanley Cup rematch this year with Vegas and Florida again. They're great awesome. teams. I mean, the the West is going to be very interesting when you got the Jets and the Canucks right at the top. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, great turnarounds for. You know, especially the Canucks, like that, that team was a joke a year ago, right? Like a year ago today, I think Bruce was still there, Bruce Boudreaux. And it was like sad seeing them trot him out there game after game. They're losing every single night and it just didn't look good. Like no one was in a good place. They bring in Rick Tockett. They look a little bit better towards the end of the year. They get a little bit healthier, but all of a sudden, you know, through a full off season and they kind of returned a lot of the same players too. Like if you go, you look at that, you know, roster, a lot of them are the same guys. Like, yeah, you got a healthier Thatcher Demko. Uh, I guess you have a full season now of Philip Heronic, but outside of that, like it's the same cast of characters that was there under Boudreaux that, that, you know, Jim Benning kind of put together. Brick talk is just getting a lot more out of them. And I think that's a credit to, to him and a credit to coaching and why I personally believe that he's, you know, the front runner and likely winner eventually of the, uh, the coach of the year award. But uh, I think they're, did they win tonight too? I think yep. they played, they were on the Island. The so yeah, they beat the Islanders five to two, which is Toronto's next opponent on Thursday. So uh, we'll come back on tomorrow's show and we'll, uh, we'll tee that up. But we'll, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms to receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on X at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore more studio. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Once again, if you enjoyed this video, go ahead, hit that like button uh, on YouTube. Leave a comment down below as well. Your thoughts on tonight's game we'll be back with another episode for y'all tomorrow until then keep it locked right here on lockdown leaves